Amelia Papadopoulos reports. Our correspondent Amelia Papadopoulos reports. Amelia Papadopoulos is at uh, Sandringham Forest today and she has this update. Amelia Papadopoulos has been to take a look. Thanks, Riz. Yes, it's a family affair for one London football favourite. DNA testing hadn't been invented at the time of the murder. London is quite a tricky area for the Prime Minister. Extra precautions like these special barriers are already in place outside Parliament. Cases of carbon monoxide poisoning are rising. Well, this is London Bridge Station as you've never seen it before. Emilia Papadopoulos, who joins me from Limassol with more about the case. Emilia, you have carved your own path as a powerful journalist and presenter and have gained global recognition through your work. When did you first realise that language has power and how did your passion for journalism stem out? I think that I have always been a performer ever since I was little. Um, I remember going on a school trip, I think I must have been about eight or nine at the Acropolis, holding a hairbrush and telling everybody what was going on and what used to happen here. I've always been a storyteller. You know, the way I would tell a story at home and my mum would say, stop exaggerating. I said, no, this is what happened. And it was huge and it was fantastic. And I, I always loved telling stories. So it was a really natural thing for me to want to tell stories. I didn't know how that would, what that would look like um, later on. And when I eventually decided that I did want to do uh, journalism, it seemed like the most natural thing. And I think language has so much power. Words have so much power, the way we use them, the way we can change the world by telling stories. I think I always loved watching the news, reading the news. Um, I'd say I was a nosy child. I was always nosy. I always wanted to know why and ask questions and understand why things happened. And I think it was just a natural instinct to me to ask the questions and to always question things. Um, which is quite annoying for your family and friends, um, but very handy later on. What was it like working as a senior broadcast journalist and news correspondent for the BBC? And did you aspire to work for one of the world's leading networks? There were so many times where I pinched myself. Actually, I'll be honest with you, every single time I walked through those doors at the BBC, I thought, gosh, I'm not supposed to be here. I felt grateful every single time. And I don't know if that's because I came from a small place and it seemed like something that was almost impossible. I grew up in Cyprus, I went to school here, I wasn't always sure about what I was going to do. I went to a very academic school where everybody was going to study law or medicine and those things never really came naturally to me and I didn't see other people around me that were journalists. It seemed like something that was so out of reach and it wasn't until I went to university and I started doing student radio, student TV and sort of learning about how things worked, asking those questions making change and seeing how asking questions could affect change and then thinking well what if I were to do this on a bigger scale what if I could change the way things happen by asking the right people the right questions or the wrong question I don't think I'd have the courage to do it now I think when you're young and you want something you don't have barriers you don't have boundaries you go for it I was very very lucky I had two parents that gave me so much courage and so much confidence and nothing was ever impossible. They always instilled in us that anything is possible if you put your mind to it. My mum always used to say there's no such word as can't and she meant it and I believed it. I started my career at BBC Sport and I met the sports editor there and I had no idea about sport and I learned very very quickly because I never wanted to give anyone the excuse to say she doesn't belong here. Going back to your question I think courage it takes a lot of courage in any field whatever you do you have to be brave you have to take risks because I think sometimes the best things in life come from taking risks um, 
And even when you make a mistake, when it doesn't work out, you learn from it. And I've made so many mistakes. I was rejected from so many stations, so many networks, so many jobs. Um, and then when you do, when the risk does pay off, you can look back and you can understand why all those rejections and all those times that you failed. It's always for a reason and it gives you humility, it keeps you humble, uh, you remember where you came from and I think you never take anything for granted. I can't describe what it's like to come from a small place like Cyprus and even though I'm half English and even though I, I knew the UK, I never felt British but I never felt Cypriot. You kind of always feel a little bit of both. But in London I always felt very Cypriot and I felt lonely sometimes. I missed my family, my parents were here. London Greek Radio and the people there, the North London diaspora, they took me on, they adopted me, they gave me a family. You know, everybody, um, I remember all of them and they were just, they gave me an opportunity. When I, when I was on the BBC, people from there would send me emails and texts, we're so proud of you, we love you, you know, you're one of us. I can't, that, that, you don't get that in every, you know, you, you don't get that in just anywhere. Those are, that's Cypriots, that's Philotimo. That is what I try to instill in, you know, in myself every day, what I will try and instill in my children, just the way we look after each other. And I think it does play a huge role in somebody becoming successful when you know there's people behind you. There's a whole community supporting you, looking out for you, happy for you, happy for your success. Um, and I can never thank them enough, London Greek Radio, for what they did for me. Looking back on your professional career, is there a moment that stands out as the most memorable? I think the most memorable, you're going to love this. I swallowed a fly live on air and it was a disaster. I cried and cried and cried. I didn't realize I was live. So I swallowed this fly that made some very strange sound. And then it cut to the presenter in the studio who was said, oh, my apologies, something's not going quite right. And I think, I didn't know the, what had happened until I had come off air. And I opened my Twitter and there were just thousands and thousands and thousands of comments. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's gone live. I thought it was the end of the world. I thought nobody would ever hire me again. And now I laugh about it. I think it was fantastic because I've taken ownership of it. It's just one of those things that had happened and it was unfortunate. And I just accepted that sometimes life just doesn't go the way that we want it to and you can't always be perfect. Um, but in that moment, it was devastating. So then I'd say also being on the Royal Family's estate at Sandringham on Christmas Day, that was incredible. And I thought that day, you know, I'm, here I am from Limassol, Cyprus, standing in the Queen's garden as she and the Royal Family come past me to go to church. On Christmas Day, it's freezing cold. That was something really special to me. I married my husband, his business was here, our families were here, it made sense to relocate back home. Initially, I found it very difficult. You know, I was in a job where every day was different. You would wake up and you didn't know whether a bomb was gonna go off or you were gonna be on a red carpet or you'd be at a flower show. I mean, ev there was something different every day. I was functioning off adrenaline, but I was exhausted. I was worn out. You're working late nights, early mornings. It's, it's, it's difficult. And I think now, a couple of years later, it was the best decision I ever made to relocate here, to have a family here, to just slow down. 
and take life in, especially having children here, has been a real blessing to be able to walk by the sea, to have such lovely weather all the time, to not have the worries that you might have in a big city, raising children. Um, so I try and tell myself that, you know, overall it was a, it was a great decision. What defines you and your personal brand? I don't really know what my brand was, but I, I, I guess it was always to try and be genuine and to be kind, to help people, to... I think being Cypriot was also very much part of my brand. Um, everyone used to call me Paps at the BBC. Um, but I think it was always part of my... I was always very proud every time they said my name. My father was born in the Congo and a lot of my family moved to Uganda. Um, and we support a lot of orphanages in Kampala and just outside of Kampala. And we realized uh, that at any one time there are always girls missing from school. And it took a while to kind of get to the bottom of it and figure out that these girls were missing school for a week every month when they had their periods because they didn't have access to sanitary products. And I think the figure is I think 500 million girls worldwide do not have access to sanitary products. So what does that mean? That means that they're missing out on key education. And so we really wanted to help make a change. And for the last uh, five years, we have started a project called Go With The Flow. My auntie headed it all up and I help her with the fundraising. And we do fundraising every single year to ensure that 800 girls have access to sanitary towels, soap, and clean underwear. And for it costs 15 euros a year to sponsor one girl. And that means for the entire year that she will have access to sanitary towels, clean underwear and soap. Um, and it has changed lives because girls are going to school. When they go to school, they get knowledge. Knowledge is power. We have future doctors, teachers, surgeons, politicians in all those girls. We are powering on at Go With The Flow and uh, we're really, really proud of the work we've done and all the generous people. I mean, people have been incredibly generous. People are good. Um, and it's important to remember when life is difficult and the world is, feels like it's, you know, there are wars and pandemics and so much hardship for so many people that we need to look for those silver linings. We need to look for the good stuff because that's what keeps us smiling, right? That's what keeps us going. The, the hope of, of, a, of a good day coming up.